Hey, y'all. I'm back again. I haven't gotten much screen time the past few episodes, so I took this side job reading intros for podcasts. This week, we're talking about who's running the TVA, timeline shenanigans, and Loki's fucking Lokis. It's the Infinity Watch Podcast! You know... I'm really happy we were able to give her some work because uh, yeah, where the hell's she been? I know, like I, I really, <laughs> you know, we'll get into the Loki episode stuff uh, when we get into the episode, but I, I kind of want her to be the one pulling all the strings. I think at the end of the day, just a super, <laughs> super evil Miss Minutes. Yes, I love it. Amazing, amazing. Welcome to the Infinity Watch Podcast. My name is Tommy, and I'm here with my non-variant incestuous co-host, Eric. Well, that you know of. That I know of. We'll find out later on in life, maybe. Uh, This is episode 24 of season two of the podcast, which, as I was writing that down, I was like, holy fuck, time flies. Yeah. Um, So many episodes of the podcast, but... It's been great having a full year of of Marvel Cinematic Universe content after having a whole year without anything at all. Um, Dude, I was just thinking about this. Could you imagine how much better the pandemic would have been if we had new Marvel shows out every fucking week? (laughs) A, A billion times better. It's so unfortunate that didn't work out. Although, I do think that uh, the break really made me want it even more same sure. no yeah I, I think we needed the break you're right yeah you're you are 100 right there um all right well this week we're here to talk about low-key episode four titled the nexus event but before we jump into that lots of stuff happening in the star wars universe in the marvel universe just in the nerdy universe in general so let's jump right into that um and kind of talk the news um yeah. Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige, also known as our Lord and Savior Kevin Feige, he said that the pandemic only, quote unquote, twisted one one planned element of phase four. Um, He was doing an interview on the red carpet at the Black Widow premiere, which happened last week and was asked just how many things changed because of the pandemic. And he said it was only one thing. He said, there's also an Easter egg that was originally going to appear first in Black Widow and then show up in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And because of the pandemic, it's the only thing in our phase four that got twisted a little bit. So for fans that watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier, there's an Easter egg waiting for them in this film. And I'm pretty sure this is just referring to Julia Louis-Dreyfus's Yeah, it has to be. Uh, which felt, I, I mean, I think our, our opinions on Falcon and the Winter Soldier here are, are no surprise. Not not super big fans of it. Um, but when her character, Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, showed up in that show, it was kind of a very, like, scratch-your-head moment. Like, wait, like, who who is this? Why do we care kind of thing? So it'll be interesting to see how she shows up in this uh, Black Widow movie that comes out in this this week that we're recording right now. Yeah, that is uh, an insane fact that Black Widow's out in a couple of days. Also, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that her inclusion in the Black Widow movie is going to be equally as confusing and is going to have no consequence. (laughs) It's 
hard role to follow, you know, the the Phil Coulson esque character. Yeah, um, because he was so perfect in those movies. But yeah, we'll see. Big actress though, which is surprising. Yeah. All right, the She-Hulk show is coming out next year, and it is rumored to feature uh, the debut of the MCU uh, version of the Wrecking Crew, which is a set of Avengers villains that are pretty popular in the comics, or at least were in the past. Um, And so it's appearing like they will be the villains of the She-Hulk show. Um, So it's basically like four dudes that just like I don't know they have like like chains and like metal shit I don't know like they just look <laughs> like like a bunch of douchey dude bros that are very strong and hit with a bunch of stuff I don't know well who do you happen to know the members or any of the me- I feel like yeah, one of the members it's... is more of a is Crusher Creel part of the Wrecking Crew no no it's Wrecker no? Okay. Thunderball Bulldozer and Pile Driver. They were uh, basically created in the 70s, and they were granted their powers after being enchanted with Asgardian magic. Um, So they clash with Thor a whole bunch, Um, but they definitely are um, Avengers kind of villains overall, I would say. But I think it makes sense. Uh, They're kind of like brute strength kind of villains, so it kind of makes sense to go against She-Hulk from that perspective, I guess. Totally. I love it. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm pretty sure um, Crusher Creel might have been part of the Wrecking Crew at some point. Um, you know how the, these things change quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he has very similar powers for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, kind of following the same She-Hulk uh, vein here, apparently rapper Meg the Stallion is going to appear in the Disney Plus series as herself. <laughs> um, I love it. Which is awesome. And so apparently <laughs> she's a big comic fan. Um, and I guess she had, a, she had a track that was on the Birds of Prey um, soundtrack. And so she's a big comic fan. And I guess she's, she's going to appear as herself in a, in a cameo. But it could be a recurring role as well. We don't know. Um, wow. That's amazing. But yeah, I mean, how cool is that? The MCU is, is full on Hollywood now. So Yeah, I am a... I'm a big Meg the Stallion fan, and uh, just anything, anything to piss off people who don't like Meg the Stallion. I am, uh, I, I am in largely supportive. Hell so, yeah, man! I love it. Love it. I thought this was kind of just crazy. Just I, I was kind of. This is a little bit of upsetting news, I suppose. Apparently, there's a stunt woman that has been working on Amazon's Lord of the Rings TV show. Um, and this is a TV show they're spending like a billion dollars on, literally, I think is the budget. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's in critical condition after uh, suffering life-threatening brain injuries. And I was reading this, um, and I just, I can't believe that like these stunt people are still in like such like a precarious situation where stuff like that can happen. Um and so, yeah, super crazy that that can still happen. Hope that person's okay. Um, but I think the last time that uh, I, I think this this person was working on the Mad Max Fury Road a movie and stuff like that. And in the past, uh, they had to crowdfund to pay for like surgeries and stuff. 
which is just right. super fucked in my opinion. But wait, um, not for the same, like a different person, or you're saying the same person? No, the had... same person. Yeah. What? Yeah. So I think they set up what a the uh, fuck? yeah. Give a little Grant's family and friends are looking to crowdfund sixty thousand New Zealand dollars for the surgery, which is equal to sixty thousand U.S. dollars. Jesus Christ. Yeah, she apparently she has an eight millimeter aneurysm and upper spinal injuries. But I just I don't understand. Like you're a stunt person on a billion dollar production and you get hurt and you still have to crowdfund your your like medical costs. It's fucking bizarre. Um, It's idiotic. Pretty much. What good? What fucking good is capitalism if it doesn't take care of shit like that? It's not. Spoiler alert. It sucks. It's trash. (laughs) And you'll it's hear us uh, talk about that at the very, very end of the podcast every week. That's so fucking crazy. Yeah. I hate that so much. And that's not even, I do, as you continue that story, I remembered reading it. And it's like, it's not even, this particular one isn't even necessarily a problem with the American health insurance system, which is another huge clusterfuck. But uh, no, you're right. It's like, if you are working on a, I mean, this is a games term, but like a triple A, uh, a list, I guess would be the movie term. If you're on right. like an A list movie, if you get injured on that movie, how the fuck is that movie not uh, expected? Liable. Yes, liable. Yeah, to fix that. Yeah, it's like the most like fuck thing. It's like literally like your job. It, you know. It just doesn't make any sense. No, no, it, it does no not at all. Um, so hope, hope that uh, that woman gets what she needs and she's able to sort everything out because it's fucked up. Yeah. What was that website again? Um, hold on one second. It's yeah, closed yeah. Out of the tab. It was. Um, it's a New Zealand website. Give a little dot co dot nk. Give a little dot co dot nk. Are you sure it's not nz? Um, oh it's yeah, nz. Sorry. Yep. NZ. Yep, you're Give right. a little.co.nz crowdfunding for New Zealanders. And it's uh oh, so that's just the that's just like uh basically New Zealand's version of of uh yeah, GoFundMe. And so yeah, you can uh it looks like yeah, she already it, got everything funded if you search stunt woman. So stunt it's woman. Dana Grant emergency braids emergency brain surgery. She got 103,000 yep. of the 60,000 goal. Um, given by almost 1,400 people, which was amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad she got it, but what a fucking failure of society that yep. this is needed. Just to see like a GoFundMe that's like emergency brain surgery. It's <laughs> Those two things shouldn't be in the same sentence ever. Right, right, right. Oh, not, in, not in this day and age. Yeah, no, for sure. It's ridiculous. Nuts, but All I'm right. really glad to see they uh, nearly doubled that. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So kind of pivoting to more possibly positive news, I want to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, okay. There's a lot of things to talk about. I have three different things I want to talk about. First of all... It's been kind of leaky over on the Spider-Man side of things. Yeah, let me tell you, that that ship is is sinking from all of its (laughs) leaks. Um, Just like previous... uh, lead actors from the Spider-Man series, it appears that Tom Holland and Zendaya are dating in real life. Yeah. Uh, 
basically uh, Tom Holland finally confirmed they're dating. Uh, they were in a car and they just started making out. <laughs> Good for them. Which is the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, why the fuck not? And so, yeah, that's that's super exciting. I think similar things have happened with, uh, uh, you know, Tobey Maguire and, and um, oh, God, I said his name and I was like, I'm not going to remember her name. Andrew. Oh, oh, Toby, uh, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, Kirsten Dunst. And then Andrew, uh, Andrew Garfield and fuck. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Oh, you're saving it. me with the female leads today, <laughs> man. I was like, I'm going to go for the second one, even though the first one I failed. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, super exciting. Clearly, their work together on the Spider-Man films has uh, made them closer together. Um, yeah. But the big news this week and, and the news for the past several weeks is that people want this fucking trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they do. before I, I talk about the leaks, Eric, I want to know what you think here, because I have a feeling that they're waiting for the end of Loki to drop this thing. Mm. Because if Loki's a prequel, in a sense, to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, that means the multiverse is involved there, of course, which we know that it is in this series. And if the multiverse is involved in Spider-Man No Way Home, feels like maybe they want to have some tie in there a little bit. What do you think? Mm, well, for for I I do want to say one thing regarding the Tom Tom and Zendaya, which is that I saw, and again I shouldn't put so much stock in, into what I see on Twitter clearly, but I, I just saw so many people like. <gasps> The Spider-Man movies must have some kind of magic. The leads always end up together. And I just want to be super clear. This happens in every movie you've ever seen. If you don't think the leads are fucking all the time for every movie, you're naive. Um, So this is not like specific to Spider-Man. So I just want to make sure everybody's super clear on that. There's no Spider-Man love magic. It's just if you are in close proximity to a very attractive person, and you're also a very attractive person, and you hang out every day for six months, nine times out of ten, you're going to fuck. Yeah, and you both have very similar lives in which your public life is completely, you know. Yes. Or your private life is not not private, basically. Yes, yes. Uh, This happens with every movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I would say the only thing the Spider-Man movie has going for it is that they're younger, and I feel like that brings less baggage Mm -hmm. and makes it even easier. But true. That's Hollywood true. for you. True. Um, but so as far as the trailer, I kind of have a feeling the trailer is going to drop this week with Black Widow for the sole fact that I feel like Sony <laughs> just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, oh, I forgot about that. There was a there was some rumors that it was going to drop uh before the movie. Uh, Black yeah. Widow, which would also make a lot of sense for sure. I just think it would be so funny if like if it does majorly spoil like, yeah, it's the multiverse now, <laughs> just like a week before the Loki finale, just because I mean, Sony be said suck it. No, I wouldn't be. I would not be remotely surprised. And in fact, I, I think that is most likely to happen, that we will get the trailer this week. Yeah, I will see. So. I'm I'm super hype on it, and and <laughs> as a caveat, um, basically a bunch of toys from this movie <laughs> leaked uh, this past week, mm-hmm. and so we got a bunch of action figures, we got a bunch of Funko Pops, 
And so, first of all, the first Funko, it looks like the oh, Iron- We should say, these are potentially large spoilers for the movie. Yes. If you don't want to oh, yeah. know anything. No doubt I mean, this whole it. podcast is always spoilery, but this is like leak spoilers, so I feel like, you know, FYI, if you care. Right. So we basically see a version of the Iron Spider suit, only it looks a little more gold. And it looks like Spider-Man kind of has like he's doing Doctor Strange type powers a little bit oh, in some way. Um, And so it looks like somehow Doctor Strange gave him a little bit of an upgrade on the magic side, if that's possible. That's just me inferring a little bit. But we also Hmm. get a Funko of Doctor Strange. And he does have the Eye of Agamotto on, which is confusing to me because that just contained the Time Stone, which he doesn't have anymore. And he's wearing snow boots and has a snow shovel. Why he has those things, I have no idea. Interesting. But Maybe super he's hanging out in the, uh, where did he, in the Tibetan mountains? Is that right? Is that where he got his like training? Uh, in the comics, it's Tibet. They change it to Nepal in the movies to not upset China. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Well, yeah. uh, okay. And so in, he has yeah, maybe he he's could going be up in, there. Uh, in uh, the Wangador uh, Mountains where, um, you know, Scarlet Witch is at. That's possible. Oh, right. Um, I, that's probably what it is. But it's just interesting. Like, he looks like normal. Or no, actually, you know, <laughs> he's not normal. He's instead of his normal. He has his, his cape on, but he's just wearing like a winter jacket. A blue winter jacket with the eye <laughs> of Hagama. It's just a silly looking fuck? thing. That's it's super real, weird. Real silly. Um, we have the same suit from the last movie with kind of the web stuff. Eric, I'm so sorry. I just had some coffee. I need to run to the bathroom really quick. <laughs> mid mid thought. Mid thought. I will be right I'm, back. I'm Eight. leaving this in. All right. Four minutes. Here you go. <laughs> keep them. Keep them entertained. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh. Uh. That's good stuff. All righty. Okay, so I'm just going to jump right back into it. Um, A lot of other like normal characters. We got MJ. uh, We got his uh, his BFF dude, Ned. Um, But the next big one is basically it's the Spider-Man suit, but it's all black. Mm hmm. But and not then the all the, we- the webbing is gold. Yeah. And it looks like kind of where his wrists are at, where the web shooters would be. It like looks very technology, kind of like computery kind of vibes. Mm-hmm. And people are freaking out over this. And I feel like a lot of people either oh, love it or they absolutely hate it. That's the one I haven't seen anybody freaking. I saw people freaking out over his main one, which has the giant gold iron spider symbol on it. Yeah. I I mean, it's it's very, to me, it's very similar to the one we already saw. It just has more gold accents in it. I think it's, I think it's that, but I also think it's, it seems more like the traditional fabric. Like it's not an armor, like the iron spider suit was. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, like, the picture that everyone is freaking out over actually is just art that appeared in um, the Spider-Man Far From Home art of the movie book, and so it's previous concept art that was created by Ryan Meandering for that movie. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's not even clear like if that's what that'll look like in this movie. Like it was just taken from that page, but it it lines up with the action figures. So I'm not even looking at art. I'm all looking at all the action figures that came out. Yeah. Cuz that art piece came from the previous movie's book. So we'll Interesting. see. So I think so far I like the uh the black Spider-Man suit. And am I, I mean, is it it seems pretty obvious it's Wakandan. Am I wrong there? Ooh. Oh. Uh yeah, I guess. I I so I that's interesting that. to me. Um that's really interesting to me. If that I mean, I, I haven't seen anything, but I'm just I mean, you think all black gold accents, that's fucking Wakandan. Right. Um, I mean, you know, I feel like now that Tony's gone, their kind of hand waving explanation for any yeah. technology is just Wakanda. Which I feel like is the right move. Like they have to yeah. do that because <laughs> who Otherwise, else who's bankrolling all this? Yeah. Yeah, the tech or the money, yeah. <laughs> Even though he's dead. So I don't you know. Who knows? I'm so confused, and I think so often about how they're going to handle this this uh, Black Panther movie. I, yeah, I I have faith. I do have faith. I think they're. I think there's no chance that Disney or Marvel puts out anything less than exactly the correct way to handle it. <laughs> I, I think like, I, what really throws me for a loop is I think we brought it up as news several weeks ago is like Martin Freeman was like really shocked and confused when he first read the treatment for the movie. And for some reason, that article just sticks in my mind. Like what what was so confusing to him about it? Um, And so I don't know. We'll see. But I mean, there's never been and I know you'll disagree with me here. There's never really been for me a Spider-Man suit that I hate. There's some that I don't mm-hmm. like as much as others, but like they all like I like just having a lot of different suits. Well, let me. I don't 100 percent disagree. I think. Well, nah, there is. I, I hate the Civil War suit, but it's not the design. It's not the design. Oh, yeah. That was it's just the just CGI. The, yeah, I, I, I totally get that. Like, that's yeah. different. I'm just talking about just from like a design perspective kind well, of thing. The From the design perspective, I'd only ever don't like them in retrospect. Like when all we had was the Spider-Man one Tobey Maguire suit. It right. was amazing. Right. But like. But then you're in like, oh, I don't like the, the raised webbing after. Yeah. Like after you see it when it's yeah. not that way, you're like, yeah, that's better. The right? raised silver webbing. What the fuck is that? It looks so yeah. dumb. But at the times, like you weren't thinking about that because no, uh, really, it's like other than Batman, I guess you'd never seen any halfway decent looking superhero costume ever, really, at right. that point. But yeah, it's, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like you, you don't get to where you are now without having done all those other things. Yeah, f- of course, for sure, for sure. So um, just worth bringing up to there's an action figure for J. Jonah Jameson. So if it wasn't super <laughs> yeah. clear or positive, he's showing up again. He's showing up again. Fucking love it. Yeah, amazing. Um, but then the other thing that I thought was interesting. Um, so... <laughs> Our Lord and Savior, Kevin Feige, uh, he was asked to share his thoughts on Alfred Molina's comments 
basically spoiling a bunch of stuff from Spider-Man <laughs> Far From Home or No Way Home um, during the Black Widow premiere. And he chose his words very carefully. He said, you know, people can talk. People get a microphone. Some people like to talk. Some people like me, not so much. Everything we make is hopefully with the intention of exceeding expectations and fulfilling surprises. Not every rumor you read online is true, not by a long shot, but not everyone is false either. So that's the fun. Um, Why does he sound like a mob boss in that quote? Hey, some people like to talk. Me, not so much. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Because he pretty much is. He's the nerd mob boss. Um, Holy shit. So I kind of took this as everything Molina said was absolutely true. Um, and he probably wasn't supposed to say that, but I, I still remember when that came out, I was like, why is he talking so much in detail about this? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Um, and so my guess is he probably wasn't really supposed to say that, but what are you going to yeah. do? You know, I do wonder how much, and like Alfred Molina's not old, old, but he is older at this point. And I do wonder if, like, those older actors really, truly understand how ravenous fans of this shit can be. Because even way more so than when he played Doc Ock, you know, 20 years ago or whenever the fuck that was. Holy shit, he's 68? Wow, yeah, then, wow. Yeah, he has no fucking clue then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that that makes a lot more sense. I thought he was, like, in his (laughs) 50s or something. Yeah, I wonder if he's just like saying this like, yeah, no, you know, maybe a few people will care, but nobody's really going to care. But then it's like, no, man, the whole fucking world cares. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Damn. Okay. That's really interesting. (laughs) Yeah, because he confirmed that he was coming back as Doc Ock, but that he was also playing the same Doc Ock that we saw in Spider-Man 2 and that the story would pick up right where it left off. When we saw him sinking into the water at the end of the movie. So, seems multiversity to me. Yeah, sure does. Sure and does. And whether you like it or not, it lends credence to maybe Tobey Maguire showing up in some capacity. Yes. Possibly. But yeah. uh, we'll see. I will say, with all these Lego leaks, I mean, there's not a single one showing Toby and Andrew. Yeah, no, that's true. That that's is true. a little weird. <laughs> Either like, why would they care? Why would they be so careful to hide that, but not careful to hide the other ones? It's like what? I don't the know. The only time I, I think know, they've man. been able to pull that off is with Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda, is, yeah. Which seems a lot easier than an actor, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, it's super interesting. The rumors for this movie are the most outrageous out of any Marvel movie. I think so far. Dude, you know, (laughs) I just I just realized I know exactly what this is going to be. This is going to be exactly a The Force Awakens where you're waiting the entire fucking movie to see Luke Skywalker and the movie ends with Luke just staring for like 15 seconds and doesn't speak a word. And that's how. Toby and Andrew are going to be in this movie. They're going to show up at the end. Oh, my God. A portal's going to open up. They're going to walk out, and neither one of them are going to speak. And that's going to be the extent of I hope they don't have the, like, super high-flying circular helicopter camera at the end, too. (laughs) That's happening. Oh, my God. That's happening. The most infuriating cameo of all time. 
<laughs> I don't I know. Hope you're, it I was hope infuriating. You're I don't think it was the most infuriating game. It was it was like half and half because it was annoying he wasn't in that movie more. But then at that time, it's like, oh, the pro like, OK, he's in it now, like for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, I don't know. I think there's been way more infuriating cameos than that. For instance, know- Julia Louis-Dreyfus. <laughs> yeah, OK, touche, touche. <laughs> you want to know what I think is the most infuriating cameo only because it's the most confusing cameo I've ever seen? Mm. And I'm pulling this right out of thin air. OK. <laughs> OK, so Beverly Hills Cop. With Eddie Murphy. Yeah, great movie. Okay, the first one's great. The second one is great, too. The third one is junk, because it basically features him infiltrating what is supposed to be, like, Disney World or yes, Disneyland. yeah. And they're printing off fake money at Disneyland. Um, and there's a scene, and it happens really quick, but, like, it, they, for a few seconds, uh, Eddie Murphy jumps onto, like, some attraction, and he cuts in line in front of a couple, and this couple, the man is George Lucas. <laughs> and it's like very like obviously like planned because like it, like you see him and he says something and then it's over. But I'm just like, why is George Lucas in Beverly Hills Cop 3? <laughs> Fucking bizarre. Oh, man. Why not? I guess. Yeah. So that has always been. I remember seeing that. And I'm like, what? wait, what? Because like it just happens and it's over. But, yeah. <laughs> so if you great. ever watch Beverly Hills Cop three, look out for George Lucas because he's totally in it. I love it. All right. Um, kind of speaking about Black Widow two, or sorry, Black Widow, Black Panther two, which is Black. Ah, uh, oh, I keep wanting to say Black Widow. Talking <laughs> about Black Widow, titled Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Yes, it actually started production in Atlanta, Georgia, in the last week, and um. Basically, there is kind of like a tagline slash kind of uh, uh, synopsis for this movie. And it looks like it's going to feature an Atlantis versus Wakanda war. Um, And so there's some quotes here. Um, Let's see. Let's see. I'm trying to think of where they got this from. The synopsis, I think, is from is being released by Marvel Studios. But this is all kind of rumory still. It says both Wakanda and Atlantis are hidden civilizations with advanced technology and increased militaristic abilities that decided to separate themselves from the rest of the world for their own safety and and in a way out of fear. So this is all from the logline. Continues Mm -hmm. to say Wakanda feared that their technology would be abused. Atlantis feared that surface dwellers would come and desecrate the mythical city just as they did so many years ago. And yet their fears escalate even further when these two once hidden nations clash with each other. And so it says, Wakanda and Atlantis have a shockingly intertwined history. Wakanda is the only country in the world with access to vibranium. However, rumors of its power spread throughout the world, and Namor's human father was sent searching for this rare material in Antarctica. So... It seems mm. like we will see Namor the Submariner for the first time in the MCU, um, and it'll be kind of Atlantis versus Wakanda, which should be interesting. I'm super excited about just the concept of all of that. Yeah, I'm more excited about Atlantis versus Wakanda. I, I've never been a big Namor fan. I, I, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he's fine. I... <laughs> Look, here's here's the thing. If anybody watches Rick and Morty, they just did an episode where they featured a character called Mr. Nimbus, which was oh essentially gosh. just a goofy Namor. 
And it really colored my, I was like, oh my God, this guy's such a fucking loser. <laughs> so, and I, I know they won't make him a loser, but like, uh, yeah, that, that did really color my perception of Namor very recently. Cause it's like so clearly that, um, but I think the war thing is cool. It does make me wonder if we're going to start with like a, um, uh, like, I, I wonder if Atlantis is going to attack because they hear about the power vacuum with with the death of uh, T'Challa. That would actually be really cool. Yeah, I think that would be the way to go. What if Black Panther Wakanda Forever doesn't have anyone becoming the Black Panther at all and it's just about this power vacuum and them trying to navigate it? I, th- I yeah, I, I, I'd be into it. I Although, I'd be into it. But like somebody's got to suit up. Yeah, I they would I really to. just wish they recast it to be honest, but we'll see. Um, I think I thought you I, might... I'm I'm so pro Shuri. I want Shuri to be Black Panther. Yeah, so she's bad. awesome. I do like her. Um, I thought this was interesting though. You may not like Namor, but he is considered Marvel's first mutant. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't think he'll be a mutant. In the MCU for some reason. Because uh, I feel like that just complicates things. But I feel like we're slowly edging towards where I think you want us to be. Yes. So yeah. that's always good news. Yeah. I mean. It's. Uh, I'm just. I, I just lay awake at night. And I dream of a Marvel Universe that includes the X-Men. <laughs> I will say, like, now that that they own Fox, it's so nice. Like, if you go to, like, the Disney store or you just see, like, merch in general, the X-Men are finally included again. And they've been putting out a lot of merch that is kind of, like, very 90s X-Men kind of designs and stuff like that. And for for several years, there, there was just no X-Men merchandise at all. They basically just, like, abandoned the the IP because they didn't they couldn't make movies about them. Yeah. Uh, which really sucked because you'd get Marvel shirts and like obviously the X-Men were kind of the biggest Marvel property for a long time. Yeah. And or one of the biggest. And uh, they basically like stopped appearing on merch. Um, There was like I had some comic T-shirts that, you know, like uh, basically in Marvel Comics in like the upper like left hand or bottom left hand corner, it would have like a character that wasn't on the comic and like say like Marvel or whatever. Um, I had one where like... uh, that little logo was originally an X-Men character and they actually photoshopped the comic cover to put someone else on it. What? Like they really went out of their way to remove the X-Men from this comic book cover. It was wild. Wow. Yeah, that's some bullshit. But it's all coming back now, so super exciting to see. Um, And where you like X-Men, I'm a huge Fantastic Four fan, which now Marvel yeah. Studios owns again too. And so on the uh, Black Widow premiere red carpet, our Lord and Savior Kevin Feige was asked by Entertainment Tonight, uh, you know, when he's ex- when we're expecting to hear news about uh, Fantastic Four casting. And I was really sad to hear this. He says, I don't think it's soon. You know, this is our first red carpet event in two years. We'll see what happens with upcoming gatherings and fan events where we can release more news. I hope it's sometime in the near future. So we'll see. Um, Fantastic Four is being directed by John Watts, who directed all three Spider-Man movies, uh, which also makes me kind of question, like, 
you know, are there going to be more Spider-Man movies? Is it just going to be a new director? Because it seems like John Watts is moving on to Fantastic Four. Um, what's going on there? So we'll see. Hopefully at some point we get some news, though, because I want some Fantastic Four, please. I wonder if because in addition to Namor being Marvel's first mutant, he also was very intertwined with Marvel's first family, the Fantastic Four family. That's right. Um, And I I do wonder if. This is a wild prediction that I'm going to forget I made, but I'm going to guess that we are going to get our first look at one or all of the members of the Fantastic Four at the end credits of Black Panther, the new Black Panther. Yeah. That's my that's my wild prediction. I would love it. I'll I'll take whatever I can get at this point, but I also think that they are, they're 100% cast at this point, right? Would you agree with that, you think? I don't know. I don't know about that. I feel like there would be more but like we would hear we'll be hearing about short lists or whatever the fuck if if they uh, oh that's true yeah uh, it yeah, feels like know. they've clamped down on that a little bit because i remember when star lord was being cast and ant-man like that's all we heard about yeah um but it, i don't know we'll see i'm i'm excited either way I, um, i'm excited i'm bummed that i don't think it's going to be john krasinski because i really do think he'd be great Oh, yeah, me too. Him and Emily Blunt. But yeah. yeah, I don't think that'll happen. Even yeah. if it's just John Krasinski, I'd take that. Um, yeah, well, but... I think I thought Emily Blunt said something like, I I, I, I hate this shit. <laughs> I was like, she sounded like she really didn't want to do it, I thought. I think and... that was kind of taken a little bit out of context. But but yeah, I don't, I don't think either of them are probably going to be involved with that. Um, but I think they're probably also a little bit tired of hearing about it too. Yeah, which for sure. like why wouldn't you be like you're just like trying to promote your movie and everyone's like Fantastic Four. Um, I'm gonna skip a couple of my news items that are that are less newsworthy. Well, just give them real quick. Okay, so um, there's there's some Funko toys out for the Marvel What If show. Um, the picture on the back shows. Five characters. There is Doctor Strange Supreme, which looks like Doctor Strange normally only like a few different colors, and his eyes look purpley. Um, There's Gamora, daughter of Thanos, which is basically Gamora in an outfit that looks like Thanos. Oh, okay. Um, Captain Carter, which is basically like Peggy if she was Captain America, only she's kind of like Captain Britain. Yeah. T'Challa Star-Lord. And the Hydra Stomper, which looks like the Mark one Iron Man suit, only I'm assuming it's Captain America in the suit. Yeah. Um, So there's that. This one I I got for you, Eric. Apparently, Blade star Steven Dorff was trashing Black Widow and says he's embarrassed for Scarlett Johansson. Um, I'm embarrassed for you, Steven Dorff, because no one knows who you are. Yeah, Um, what? He said, (laughs) he was talking about some projects, I guess he was in the newest season of hbo's true detective um and he was he was in the original blade movie and he says i still hunt out the good shit because i don't want to be in black widow it looks like garbage to me it looks like a bad video game i'm embarrassed for those people i'm embarrassed for scarlet i'm sure she got paid five seven million bucks but i'm embarrassed for her i don't want to be in those movies i really don't i'll find that kid director that's going to be the next kubrick and i'll act for him instead um 
once again, I've never heard of this man before. Yeah, in my yikes. life, I don't want to um, be in those movies. Don't worry, buddy. <laughs> you never will be. <laughs> yeah, I think he played Deacon Holy Frost. Shit. Uh, in was... the first Blade movie, but yeah, he's not really been in in much. Um, and so I don't know why people. Uh, <laughs> it's just it seems like a shock value thing. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a huge yikes. What are you fucking doing? Yeah, pretty much. Um, but I have two other things I want to touch on that were a little bit bigger. There's two things that have really blown up in the last week, uh, especially on Twitter, which is basically turned into a cesspool at this point. Uh, the first of which is what is canon and what is not canon in the MCU. <laughs> yes. um, this is freaking people out. It is absolutely ridiculous. Um, there's a conversation going on on Twitter. And people were arguing this one person who actually was replying to some of our tweets. Uh, <laughs> they're Super Marvel 19, um, uh, who James Gunn had to block because they kept replying to tweets and tagging him. Um, it all started out of a conversation <laughs> between which actors have been in both the DC Extended Universe and the MCU. And uh, this person is talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They're talking about the Netflix shows and saying how they're canon. And eventually, James Gunn says that's incorrect. Uh, there was never any coordination between the early TV stuff and the cinematic side of Marvel like there is now, that they're all under the purview of Marvel Studios. So basically, James Gunn is saying that the only things that are canon are the movies and the Disney Plus shows. Um, and a bunch of people on Twitter like had a meltdown, basically. <laughs> um, and anyone that made a tweet about it, like this, this one guy just kept replying to everyone. And uh, I guess my message to people is if if you enjoy it, it really doesn't matter um, at all. <laughs> but I also yeah. find it really funny that someone's like, well, James Gunn doesn't know. And it's like, James Gunn you, makes Marvel movies. What do you yeah, mean? But you do like <laughs> <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. But yeah. Um, yeah, that's like been blowing up Twitter. It's absolutely ridiculous what some people are saying. Yeah, I mean, all I'll say is James Gunn is correct. Uh, Those shows never were canon, obviously. Um, I think when they were made, they were intended to be, but then later were decided not to be. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the most interaction we got was just literal breadcrumbs. Um, Also, let me tell you, let me tell you guys a quick little story about... Um, dealing with canonical grief because before the new Star Wars movies, there was a wealth of Star Wars novels, hundreds, literally hundreds, that were all considered canon. And then Disney bought Star Wars and said, hey, we're going to make some new movies. By the way, all that shit literally everyone loves is no longer canon. And people had to deal with it. And guess what? It sucked for like maybe a month and then nobody cared because it doesn't matter. Those stories still exist. Everything's fine. It's fine. It's fine. The moral of this story is it'll be okay. People need to relax. (laughs) At this point, it seems like uh, Marvel needs to just like release a statement at some point. But I feel like they're trying they're trying to like not disappoint people, but everyone's getting all pissy about it. Yeah, yeah. And kind of following along those same lines, the other thing I needed to bring up 
is Twitter, which is making me not want to be on Twitter as much anymore. But Twitter is having a meltdown over the Loki and Sylvie uh, stuff that happens in this episode. (laughs) And it's completely ridiculous. Um, Which can I just say, we called it. It was it was obvious, but we did call it. And you people Um, with your sibling interactions are gross and weird. Uh, because it was you know, clearly romantic from the from the jump. There's these people. There was this one person in particular that kind of like was spearheading like the fervor over all of this, and was basically saying how offensive it was that you say that someone is non-binary or you know gender fluid. Gender fluid, I think, is a term that they use. Gender fluid and bisexual, and then immediately show them to be and basically like a incestuous relationship and how damaging that was, which is completely ridiculous to jump from that conclusion. Um, And basically they were mad that Mobius had the line about saying like how ridiculous it was that he liked her. And that was narcissistic. And they're like, this is so damaging. And then when anyone replied, that was like, they weren't talking about the fact that he was gender fluid or bisexual in any way. Like he's talking about how he's with himself. They're like, if you're not gender fluid and bisexual, then I don't want to hear from you. Um, and so just it's completely ridiculous. Um, and as a member of the LGBT community, I just was, I was just like, this person does not represent me in any way. It's completely ridiculous. Can we just enjoy this show and just like, let it move on? It's a character and just like, it's not representative of you all the time. All these people want to make it about them, but it really isn't. Um, and so Twitter needs to calm down. That's my view. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree that Twitter needs to calm down um the only part of that that i will speak on is the fact that people keep using this term incestuous this is uh, assuming we're not being misled and sylvie actually is a loki a real loki then this is just god tier masturbation right yeah, this is, no, the, really is this is not incestuous. If you fuck a clone of yourself, is that incest? I, I don't, don't know. know. I mean, I don't. I, I probably wouldn't consider it to be. And let me be clear: every time I've said that so far, it has been out of jest because I think it's so funny. Because I don't think it's incest at all. No, me neither. And you know what? If if there was a variant of me, you know. There, there you go. Pretty good looking. There you go. How the fuck do we live in this culture of just nonstop, love yourself, love yourself, love yourself, love yourself. And then we have a show that depicts that in its most direct form. And now yeah, people finally are like, given oh, no, the opportunity. Not like <laughs> yeah. We finally get the opportunity to love ourselves and then they yell at us for loving ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, so I yeah I I don't believe it to be incestuous. Did you call uh, it God tier masturbation? Is that the term? Yeah, <laughs> amazing, amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, look, I I would not consider it to be incestuous. I think it's an extreme. Also, within the context of the Marvel universe, these people are gods. You know what gods do? Literally, always fuck their family members. Literally, yeah, always. like they like turn into horses and then like fuck a crab, and then that's how someone was born. That and, is the you know. foundation of almost every religion. Are God's fucking family members? Like, pretty much. 
people oh my god let me tell you i don't think the audience is ready for for this episode but they need it no it's because people don't critically think they put two seconds of thought into something and they decide i don't like this and then they never like complete the thought like i i always think of stuff like this where it's like you have your immediate gut reaction and for a lot of people it's like that's just that's it for forever it's like they just stick with that immediate gut reaction but if you just think a couple layers deeper just a couple layers let, let it gestate in there for a bit yeah you know? then you'll realize that you're dumb and that you it's know what okay. i've noticed on almost all of the crazy twitter posts that i've seen which i've seen a lot this week the grammar is atrocious <laughs> well yeah yeah uh, american public schools are failures across the board <laughs> and as I feel with, with all things related to grammar, if you can't spell things right with autocorrect, I mean, tough you're look. trying to be stupid at that point. It's a tough look, yeah. Yeah. All righty. I know we got some Star Wars news today. I'll bounce it back over to you, my friend, and then we'll get into Loki. What do we got? Yeah, so it's not, uh, won't take long. I just want to make sure everyone knows uh, that they did finally release a special look, a first look, not quite a trailer. But a uh, first look at Star Wars Visions, which is the series of um, Star Wars anime, basically. It's a bunch of uh, really great anime creators making Star Wars stories. And oh my god, it looks fucking sick. I Ooh, I thought you were going to say bad. No. I, oh, so you're excited. It looks That's good. amazing, dude. They're, I, like, I was blown away by some... One of the creators was talking about, and they just gave the tiniest little snippets. But literally all I needed to hear was this guy's like, yeah, and then we're telling a story about these dark side twins. And then it just showed, and then it showed the twins just looking all sick in anime. And I was like, fuck, I'm sold. I'm so sold already just based on that. Um I could, I could not be more stoked. It looks awesome so far. The concept is awesome. Um, it's like two of your favorite worlds colliding right yeah there. seriously uh so i'm i'm super pumped so if you are even kind of interested go just uh youtube star wars visions and you will be able to see it's like a three minute video uh it looks amazing it really looks cool so super stoked for that nice yeah are you will do you have any interest in this at all or not really. I won't judge you if, if it's not really. Not really, I don't think. Okay. I I was I was reading about what is it, the the book of Boba Fett or something? Yeah, yeah. That sounded interesting to me. Yeah. Um, but I'm not a super big anime person. Really the only anime type stuff, which I don't know if you consider it anime or not, that I like is the Studio Ghibli movies. I like that stuff. Oh yeah, that's yeah, of course that's definitely anime. And so I like that a lot, but I haven't really watched any anime TV shows outside of Sailor Moon. Which I love. <laughs> All right, fair. But only the '90s dub, where it's like everyone has like <laughs> ridiculous Valley Girl. They're like Sailor Moon. What's going on? And like that kind of stuff. I love that. Oh man, classic, classic. Back when they called her Serena. Is that not her name? Her name in the in in the newer dubs is not Serena. It's um. What do they call it? Uh, it's a Japanese name. Oh, um, wow! Uh, yeah, I was unaware that now. they. I guess that's similar. Like in in the in the American dub, you know, he's just called Goku. Usagi. 
Usagi. Oh, wow. That, so, yeah, yeah, so that's a big shift. Yeah, I mean, for Dragon Ball Z, it's not nearly that. It's just American, it's Goku. Everywhere else, it's Son Goku. But, wow. Yeah, Selena yeah, so they have, like, Usagi. all very, like, California Serena. Valley Girl names in the 90s one. Yeah. Or, like, the 80s, 90s one, and they changed it, and they have, like, more Japanese. <laughs> 90s names. anime is so fucking wild. It is astonishing that anime took off based on... <laughs> they even like some like they had like lesbian relationships, but they just pretend that some of them are guys in the '90s dub because they couldn't have lesbian relationships. In oh it. my god, it's great! You're like that looks like a a woman, but then like they they just call it some some guy name. It's great. <laughs> oh, what a what a time! What a time! Sure was. <laughs> all right. Anything else for the news, or does that wrap us up for the week? No, that's all I got. All right, let's let's jump into this head first. Oh yeah, uh, Loki episode four of six. Um, we got two more episodes to go. This episode is called the Nexus Event, and I was super pumped to watch this after after the last week's episode with Lamentus. Solid episode. Um, they were releasing posters before this episode came out that featured the statues of the Timekeepers. So I was like, boom, we're gonna see them, and I'm super pumped about it. So. Started watching this episode, opens up on Asgard, and we see what is a young Sylvie. She has darker hair in this, which was interesting. Um, And she is playing uh, basically in Asgard, and she is kind of playing, uh, she's depicting a dragon attacking Asgard, and a Valkyrie is coming in and defeating the dragon to save Asgard. Um, And basically, the Minutemen come in, and they're like, yep, that's the, this is the variant. And they arrest her. And the arresting agent is Ravana, which is really interesting to see. Mm-hmm. And she is taken to the TVA. And she sees, like, another man that is being arrested by a Minuteman there. And he's basically, like, being, like, he's in pain because they're kind of, like, hitting him or kind of pulling his arm. And she sees that he's being mistreated. And she kind of, like, yells out. She's like, help him, help him. And... We eventually see her kind of go through the same process that Loki went through. She gets her little TVA, like, uh, coverall suit, which I really want. I want one of those. (laughs) Um, And at her TVA court hearing, she basically breaks free from Ravana, steals her temp pad, and gets away. And that seems to precipitate everything that we've seen in this series, and that's kind of her start here. Um, Eric, what what did you think of of seeing this, this young version of Sylvie uh, appear at the beginning of this episode. I know you mentioned this last week, seeing the uh, preview. Yeah, so I have a lot of thoughts about this first scene. Maybe more thoughts on this scene than the rest of the episode. Yeah, I feel like this this intro has a lot in it that I think maybe a few people may have overlooked. Yeah, so I I will say this. I will preface this by saying I loved this episode. I do not buy. They should have tried way harder on 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 this part of the story. I just don't buy little Sylvie uh, stealing the like the most basically stealing a like a time gun, the one of the most powerful mm-hmm. things in the world, and then running away for again seemingly decades. I just don't buy it. I. I that's not good storytelling to me. Um, Interesting. 
that it doesn't make any logical sense at all. Um, yeah, it should, you should have tried harder on that one. But, uh, but outside of that, um, a couple thoughts. One, I have refined my timelines theory. Oh, here we go. So the Eric theorem. I now believe that there are multiple timeline branches. However, the reason the TVA doesn't care is because the differences are only one specific thing that doesn't make it different enough to warrant pruning. And so, so let me explain. So say everything that we've seen in the Marvel universe is identical, except for the fact that Loki just happens to be like that, that Hulk guy. Everything is 100% identical. Except for that one thing. Loki acts the same, same history. He just looks, di- maybe not even same history, maybe different lineage, but but he does the same things. Same broad strokes. Yeah, So, and I wonder if that's enough to where it doesn't get the offshoot to the red. And so they leave it. So they're, uh, So I think there could potentially be an infinite number of those kinds of timelines. And that's why there are so many different, that's why there are so many different Lokis. There are so many different variants of like seemingly the same people. It's because they didn't start at the same starting point necessarily. Mm-hmm. They're just playing so, so out. So basically the sacred timeline contains multiple multiverses that have similar, similar broad strokes, but slightly different outcomes that lead to, ultimately what they want the major outcomes to be yeah I, I i would even say they don't they wouldn't lead to different outcomes they lead to the same outcomes the only differences would just be like it's almost like rick and morty-esque it's like for some reason there's a cronenberg world and for some reason there's a birdman world and it's like right. and they're all the same just the the only difference is like all the people in this dimension look like birdmen who knows why right. but that's just the way it is. Yeah, but and I wonder if that is not divergent enough off the sacred timeline for them to care. So are you of the belief then that, that Sylvie was a variant because instead of being evil, she was good? Yes, that was going to be the last thing that I was going to say. I, I, I like that theory a lot. And I think uh, because in this first clip, you see her she is very clearly saving Asgard. Um, she is like, she, she's a hero in, in her little story with her like toys. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do wonder if, if that is wise is if a Loki's purpose as they've stated many times is to be bad and bring out the best in others. If this Loki is not evil, how is she going to bring out the best in others? She's not. Right. Also, to be alone. That was the other big, heavy-hitting thing yes, with Loki. Yes, yes. Basically, you're evil. You bring out the best in others and them defeating you, and you will be alone. Yeah. Which I, I 100% agree. 
with with that theory for sure. Um, I guess like the the her stealing the temp pad thing didn't really bother me too much. Um, but I could see I could see your point of view for sure. It it just happened very quickly. Yeah, like right? it didn't it didn't ruin the rest of the episode. But it's like to me it was it was very hand wavy. Like you're just gonna have to accept this. And it's like oh, this organization that collects infinity stones like they're nothing. Can't track down a thirteen year old for, for decades. Are you fucking I will joking? Say it was very interesting seeing Ravana younger in a different role within the TVA. Um, especially after we kind of learned that people working at the TVA are all variants. Mm-hmm. Um, that part kind of surprised me a little bit. Yeah, I w- do you like I-, I wonder if they're being intentionally vague or they think it just doesn't matter, but like. How long has this shit been going on, really? It's impossible to tell, because... Seems, yeah, it seems really hard to tell. Yeah. Because, obviously, time time flows differently in the TVA. Yep, and, uh, and the so, quantum realm, as you've said. <laughs> right, yeah, and so maybe I think that is purposely vague. I think you're right. Um, And so I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Um, But before it kind of goes into the opening credit scene kind of uh basically we see Ravana at the TVA it kind of flashes back to the present time and she is in the golden elevators which we know for a fact uh, goes to the timekeepers and so this is when i started getting real excited oh yeah um and we kind of see this mist this misty room and then it zooms out and we see three kind of silhouettes of dudes and just these red beady eyes that are glowing (laughs) and i uh you know uh i had to change my pants after that (laughs) yeah so excited um which was crazy and and then right after that we we see mobius again basically uh you know for the first time after after uh everything that happened previously and he want, he's talking to Ravana and he wants access to C20 the girl that was held captive by Sylvie but Ravana says it's not possible um after some pushback from Mobius she reveals that C20 is dead and she says that it's because Sylvie enchanted her and scrambled her mind and that she went crazy and died uh which this was the start of what I will say is me thinking Ravana is a lot more sinister than I thought she was. I literally have a note <laughs> right after I watched that. I said, I don't trust Ravana at all. She's definitely lying about C20. I have some notes <laughs> later on about her that I will bring up just because I think it's kind of funny. Um, but I have so many notes from this episode. It's absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, that's basically like a first class ticket to Sinisterville for me. Yeah. Um, which that's kind of why I mentioned seeing her as a Minuteman was interesting because I just assumed that maybe she was bad always and that she always kind of had her role. So it was interesting seeing her in a kind of a less important function within the TVA. Yeah. Um, all right. So next up, we jump to Lamentus One, uh, kind of the last we see of Lamentus One because it's about to be destroyed by its neighboring planet, which... Eric, I don't know about you. I thought that looked fucking awesome. Yeah. You see this planet just about to destroy this moon. Yeah, I, I, I love 
shit like that. Super fucking cool. Oh yeah. Um, and Loki and Sylvia are basically kind of accepting their fate that they're going to die here. Um, and Sylvie asks, do you think what makes a Loki a Loki is the fact that we're destined to lose? Uh, to which Loki says, no, we may lose, sometimes painfully, but we don't die. We survive. And this scene is where it becomes very clear that Loki is falling in love with Sylvie um, in his God-tier masturbation move. <laughs> and it's basically, as they're accepting their fate and kind of like they're holding each other's hands and and basically Loki's falling in love with Sylvie, it creates a spiking branch in the timeline that looks unlike the other branches we've seen previously. Um, because it's basically two of the same person falling in love with each other. It's a huge paradox, which can't really happen or shouldn't happen according to the TVA. So you see the spiking branch, it's just going straight up. And it's that branch that leads to the TVA finding them, and then they open up two doors so that they can leave Lamentus One before it's destroyed and return to the TVA. Yes. I will say this episode and particularly that scene, I'm starting to think Sylvie probably is a Loki. <laughs> I, I don't think there's any fuckery there anymore. Yeah, they kinda they kinda did mess around with us for a bit because yeah. we thought that she was the enchantress for sure. Yeah, I, I and I wonder if Maybe she even, I wouldn't be shocked if she even, like, took that name, but, like, I do think in, in this version of, quote, the Enchantress just happens to be a Loki. Yeah, I think so as well. I think they just, just like, uh, just like the MCU does in many cases, they kind of take how the comics are and then just twist it a little bit yeah. and uh, it keeps things interesting. I like it. Oh, show. Um, so we're back at the TVA and we spend a lot of time at the TVA, uh, I think for the rest of the episode, um, for the most part. Um, so I kind of broke it up as to different sections of the TVA. Loki and Sylvia are arrested. Um, and Mobius and Loki are having kind of an argument with each other as, as they're in the interrogation room. He says, you know, it occurred to me that you're not really the God of mischief. You're just kind of an asshole and a bad friend. Um, <laughs> and obviously very upset with each other and at some point loki basically says his last line before he's thrown in in kind of a uh, a time loop prison and he just says the tva is lying to you um and so this is when we spend some time in a time loop chamber prison whatever you want to call yeah. it in which sif we get to see the return of sif yeah. for I think the first time since Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. actually. I fucking love Sif so much. I'm so glad. I'm, I'm hoping this is just a sign that we'll see her in the next Thor movie, which I think it is going to happen. Yeah. Um, And so this whole time loop is basically Sif confronting Loki about him pulling a prank on her in which he cuts her hair. And then she punches him, knees him in the balls, and says, I hope you know you deserve to be alone and always will be. And variations of this keep happening and just keep looping, 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 looping. And this is kind of a, a, a way of softening up Loki uh, before he gets interrogated by Mobius. Yeah. Um, what I really like about this, well, I mean, I like a lot of things about this, but apparently, I was unaware of this, but apparently this scene is based off of like a real Norse myth in which Loki cuts Sif's hair. And um, 
and she does not like it. Apparently, it's based on just like one of the one of the classic stories in that mythology, which I thought was super fucking cool because it's so yeah, easy I, to I forget. I love that when I read about it. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, it's so easy to forget that these characters are based on like real mythology. And it's uh, it's it's so interesting the way that line is walked. Like, are they superheroes in this like superhero universe, or are they are they literal gods that like I don't know? Yeah. It's, it's just it's super interesting. It's like these stories are all real, and then it makes you wonder too. It's like, well, it makes me wonder, like. It, if this, like, let's just say the, all the Norse gods really were real and they were happy to come down to Earth during the time that this mythology was, like, the thing. And it's like, what if they were just crazy alien? Like, what if it was all real and all, like, Greek gods, Norse gods, whatever gods were just, like, aliens that just came and hung out from time to time? Yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, like... Shout out to Stan Lee and Jack Kirby because I feel yeah. like on the surface level, that sounds like you're just like being lazy and ripping characters from mythology, but it ends up being so cool. Yeah, for sure. Just the concept is awesome. And the fact, uh, and maybe it was different back in the day. I, I actually would be interested to know, but I feel like in the modern day, it's like 2021, people are very familiar with Greek mythology so so familiar with like egyptian and roman mythology but not many people know anything about norse mythology except by way of the marvel movies so it's like how did they did they just like pick like what's the least popular mythology let's use that one and like make it sick so i i don't know i hey true believers (laughs) i just got this cool book from the library Norse mythology. And then he just copies it all. That's pretty much it. Pretty much. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's just a really, uh, you're right. Like, like what, what made them choose that? Um, because I feel like a lot of people wouldn't know a lot of these characters if it wasn't for that. Totally. Which is crazy. Totally. And then Loki ends up being the first villain of the Avengers. Absolutely not. Right. Um, in both the comics and the film. Um, and so, we basically get a cut uh, back. And, and let me just say that during this time loop, you know, you, you basically see Loki trying to bargain with Sif because he doesn't want to get punched and kneed in the balls repeatedly for the next <laughs> several hours, maybe. And kind of by the end of it all, he he starts like basically like pleading, apologizing, saying he's an, a, like a narcissist that is scared of being alone. You know, it actually kind of works. Yeah. Um. But, you know, she kind of always, you know, throws in the line that, you know, you deserve to be alone and always will be, um, which is definitely a theme from this episode. Yeah. I d- did you feel like maybe, well, I think I'm going to disagree with my own point here, but like I did feel initially that they were laying it on a little thick of like trying to prepare people like I'm a narcissist. You're alone and you always will be. It's like alone meaning you and 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 a different version of you. That's still alone and that's still like narcissistic. It's like I felt like they were really trying to prepare people for like 
Loki's in love with Sylvie, just accept it now. But I guess based on the reaction, maybe it did need that. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't feel it didn't feel heavy handed or on the nose to me when I watched it. Um, I think in hindsight, I could see it that way, maybe a little bit more. But to me, like nothing in this episode seemed like too heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're right that probably needed it yeah. for some people. <laughs> um basically while while this time loop is is supposed to be happening mobius is talking to ravana again and he asks her to interrogate sylvie because obviously that would be the next logical step for figuring out what was going on and she keeps denying him saying that she's too dangerous um and so that was step two and you you know you're lying uh to everyone Mm. kind of uh ravana who i i started calling i think uh what what did i call here uh hold on one second uh the, the dumb time bitch is what i ended up calling wow throughout this episode in my notes. all right it's extremely offensive but <laughs> i think it's justified in in the whole of this episode all right um and so uh mobius actually at one point is talking to b15 and he says you know we brought in kree titans vampires yes. why is it that two orphan demigods are such a pain in the ass um and B15 just replies and yet it was your idea to bring in another one. And shout out to Chris uh you know uh guest of the podcast provider of many a theory. Um <laughs> this confused me after rewatching it. Why is it that two orphan demigods are such a pain in the ass? Kind of referring to Loki and Sylvie and yet it was your idea to bring in another one. Right. So who is the third person in this situation? Well, I do I, I, I do feel we should be clear. This theory was from Kate, not Chris. Chris just delivered oh, it to I'm us. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I feel like that's an important distinction. Um, I, so, you know, when, I, when that was first mentioned in the group chat, I was like, oh shit, that's crazy. But now hearing you say it aloud, I do wonder... If that was more just a weird way to explain, it's like, how are two of these, how are two of these giving us so much trouble? And maybe it was more like you brought in the second one. Like we only had one to deal with. Why did you bring in a different one? Um, But if not, that is pretty interesting. Yeah. Like maybe this is not the first Loki he's brought in. Yeah. Previously. Um, really interesting and it's also worth noting that this is yet another kind of uh hint towards uh vampires being in the mcu yes i loved the vampire uh confirmation so you gotta get ready for that blade yeah mahershala ali blade yeah um so that was super cool i also like tight again this just doesn't i don't believe little sylvie uh how the fuck are you bringing in Titans? You're bringing in Thanos variants, but you can't handle little Sylvie, little 13 year old Sylvie. You can't handle, but you can fuck up Thanos. No problem. Well, uh, well remember, it's not just that. I mean, Titan was an entire planet, yeah, right? but and, he... and all of them died just from, you know, overusing their resources. So I don't think they're all as, you know, Thanos as he is. I mean, are they not, though? What makes it other than the Infinity Stones? Wouldn't you assume that they'd all be absolute beasts? 
Um, I guess maybe you know, I not. Guess, like, like, would you like consider if like a monkey went on another planet? Would you consider that like an Earth being? Well, you know what I mean. So like, there could be it's, it's there could be multiple species on Titan, but they're all Titans. Maybe uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I don't think I'm convinced on that one. It's kind of like, like what are the uh, you chances know, like could... that Thanos is the rock of Titans, right? Like, <laughs> I feel like chances are probably he's probably just a normal one who is just like the last one. But I don't know. I, I thought Titans were like they're called Titans because they're all fucking crazy. But maybe not. I'm could unfamiliar. Be, could be. Yeah, they did change it because, I mean, like uh, Titan was a moon of what uh, one of the planets. Yep like Jupiter or Mars or something like that in the comics. And they make it its own planet in the, in the MCU, but who knows? Um, yeah, I don't know. It could also just be like, I think the whole thing that happened with Sylvie is also supposed to just show like how inept, uh, Ravana was at least in her past. It's like her glaring mistake, um, that she really wasn't taking Sylvie seriously as a variant and she got away. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, it's a fair point. Uh, I, I will say, as well, I just Googled Marvel Titans and like one of the first things are is a question. Were all Titans as powerful as Thanos? And the answer is no. No Titan looks like Thanos or is as powerful as Thanos. So, so well, there yeah. you have it. Huh? <laughs> yeah, there we go. So apparently he is just the rock. of Titan. That is so wild. <laughs> Oh, some dude, man. some dude that looks like he uses like, "Hey, what's up? I'm a Titan." <laughs> oh. oh man, I'm a variant. See ya. <laughs> um, yeah, that's interesting that that just popped up like that. I was just kind of guessing, but um, and so that kind of scene there basically just ends up with Mobius telling B15 that Loki told him that the TVA is lying to them. Um, and this is, this is kind of the start of kind of the thread in this episode where B-15 is not looking so hot. Yeah. Well, B-15's in like, absolute know, fucking She's having boss. some discomfort of some sort. He had a bad taco. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we jump over basically, uh, to the TVA, um, interrogation room mobius kind of pulls loki out of the time loop chamber and he denies he's working for sylvie or that they're partners he basically says it was a means to an end mobius back in the real world people do terrible things to get what they want um and he lies and says that he was pulling the strings all along and it was all part of some plan she came to asgard years ago and they started this plan to you know fuck with the tva and says that sylvie is a pawn that he'll dispose to which Mobius says that Sylvie has already been pruned. Um, and Loki just like becomes very visibly upset. He's trying to cover it up, yeah. but like it looks like his heart has just shattered. And Mobius sees through everything. Basically he lies to him a little bit further, but sees through everything. And he can tell that Loki's lying and that he likes her. And he kind of has, has this line. He says, what an incredible seismic narcissist. Do you fell for yourself? <laughs> And Loki is trying to kind of like control himself. Eventually, you know, he finds out that she's not actually dead. The sense of relief comes over him, right? And um, before uh, the interrogation ends, he basically, you know, 
yells at Mobius. He says, you're all variants. And he explains, you know, what happened and kind of gets sent back into the, the time loop chamber at that point. Um, right after that scene, we see B-15 go into Sylvie's interrogation room. She's clearly struggling. And she just says to her, when you were in my head, I saw something. And Sylvie tells her the truth about B-15's memories. She says, your variants were all the same. And enchants her. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped the part where we, we go to Roxcart. They yeah, both go yeah. to Roxcart together. Sylvie has the, the, she's like, oh, you want to have a fair fight? And she tells her that we're var- your variants were all the same. And B-15 asks her to show her. So she enchants her. And you don't really see what she shows her, but you can, she kind of starts like getting emotional. And she says, I looked happy. And then she goes, what now? Yeah. And then that's where that scene cuts off. Yeah, I I love all of that. I do there was a line that uh that I wanted to reference because it made me laugh so hard. Um when Loki was telling Mobius about what did he say about the real worlds? Like he said something about the real world. It was a means to an end, Mobius. Back in the real world, yeah. people use each other to get what they want. <laughs> yeah, and Mobius goes Oh, now I got to hear a prince tell me how the real world works. And that oh, yeah, made me, was I don't amazing know why, line. but that made me laugh so hard. Mobius <laughs> is totally a fuck the billionaire's Dude, kind of guy. I love it. Fucking love it. But yeah, and then uh, B-15 is uh, the shit. Um, she bosses up real hard in this episode. And I like how Sylvie is just seems so unbothered like throughout all of this and especially the next appearance when she's back in that room and and Ravana uh kind of busts in on her and she's literally got like her feet up she's just like chilling and i think oh and her hair is soaking wet from being right at right yeah so uh yeah smug as fuck yeah i fucking love it um, all right. So kind of two more big scenes before the climax here. Um, we are back in Ravona's office, Ravona, Ravana. I think Mobius calls her. Yeah, sometimes. I think it's Ravana. that really fucks me up. Why does he do that? Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think it's just Owen Wilson. Just, you know, why? Okay, wait, like it's the same thing. I Directors need to nip this shit in the bud because this would never ever happen in reality like a person's name is their name Ravona and Ravana are two different names if you call someone one of those and their name is the other one they would correct you and then you'd never do it again and it's the same shit with like Han and Han in Star Wars it's like how do you let that's not a quirk of Billy D. Williams' voice right he just got it wrong so it's yeah. like ham, yeah. But then it, but then it became a thing. Like it became like, oh no, he just calls him Han. But it's like that's not a thing. I would never call you Tome. Like, oh my <laughs> like, God. I would, like it's just it, it doesn't make any sense. I don't like that. But yeah, I noticed that too. It's like, why is he calling her Ravona? That's so weird. All right, let's move on, Eric. <laughs> um. Thanks, Tim. Wow. I want to call you that from now on, Eric. I will say that a lot of my coworkers call me Tim. 
<laughs> but that's because my last name's McGraw and my ah, name is Tom sure, McGraw. Sure, sure. So, you know. Makes sense. What are you going to do? Uh, famous country singer. Oh, yeah. Uh, still remember, was going to release music at one point under country singer Tom McGraw just to fuck with people. But <laughs> can't do that. All right. So we're in Ravana's office and they're closing out Loki's case after kind of the whole interrogation. And Mobius is a little uneasy. And Ravana asks him this question. She says, if you could go anywhere, anytime, where would it be? And this question's totally to just, you know, distract him, make him, you know, stop thinking about what he's thinking about. And he's like, I could go anywhere. Um, and he basically plays the question off. He doesn't really answer and says he likes being here, you know, where he is with her and, and kind of, you know, doing their job within the TVA. And he asks Ravana again why she wouldn't let him question Sylvie. And basically she kind of, she pretends to be emotional. She's like, she's like, I didn't want what happened to C20 to happen to you. You know, this friendship we have is rare, you know, and and she kind of plays to, you know, his emotions and, and their relationship together as friends. Um, and I feel like she does like a decent job at being sincere, but still not really. Um, and Ravana tells Mobius that the timekeepers personally want to oversee Loki's pruning uh, and want Mobius there. And so he's like, oh, about time. And he asks again once more about C20 and, you know, doesn't really get much of a response from Ravana. But at the end of the scene, you know, he leaves after having a couple drinks. Ravana's a little surprised that he left early since they usually will have a few drinks when they close a case. And instead of taking his tempad, he swaps out his for hers and pretends that it's kind of an accident, which obviously leads us to uh, kind of the belief that Mobius is really questioning what Loki had said to him. Yeah. So Mobius goes to the library kind of the record area of the TVA, and he starts looking through Ravana's temp ad. And he sees that C20 is deceased, like she said, but before closing out the temp ad, he, he finds the file of her interrogation. And she looks totally okay, uh, but she's clearly distraught, and she remembers her past now. And she says, I'm a variant. Like, I remember my past life, and she's, like, upset. And then you see someone shut down the interviews like i'm shutting this down and then he zooms in and clearly it's ravana ravana shutting down the interrogation and that's this is where we basically find out that she probably killed her or authorized her getting killed so we know ravana is is bad at this point and mobius i thought owen wilson did a really good job mobius literally looks like he's about to throw up yeah just from the realization he's like fuck i'm a variant like he's full in on this now um, which I thought was really good acting. Um, and so we see Mobius come back to Loki in his little time loop chamber. And he says, you were right about the TVA. You were right about everything from the beginning. And there's some talk between the two of them. And he, he says this line that I thought was amazing. He says, you could be whoever, whatever you want to be, even someone good. I mean, just in case anyone ever told you different. And this scene was definitely between Loki and Mobius. Like they are back together. They're friends. They're a team. And he is a hundred percent on board with what Loki was telling him. Yeah. I'll stop right there before I continue just to see if there's anything you want to add, Eric. 
No, I think uh, I think we're getting into the the climax here. Oh yeah, we're getting real close. <laughs> um, and so basically, they kind of have this plan to try and figure out what's going on, and they both seem very excited about you know, uh, you know they're on the same page. They're gonna leave the interrogation and figure something out. And they walk out back into the interrogation room, and Ravana is there with a squad of Minutemen, and she's pissed. And she says, I believe you have something of mine. And let me just say, like, the Minutemen that are with her seem a lot more, like, jacked and serious than the ones that we had (laughs) seen previously. Yeah, maybe she gets the top-tier bodyguards. They seemed more, like, Navy SEAL-esque, whereas everyone else was kind of mall copy, I would just say. Um, You know what I just realized? How fucking bad is Ravana at keeping her temp pad on her person? See, I you know that actually <laughs> I didn't want to say that earlier, but it kind of lends itself to her carelessness. Actually. Yeah. And so, like the scene with young Sylvie makes a little bit more sense because both times she was not able to keep hold of her own temp pad. Um, and so Mobius turns over her temp pad and. Then he just kind of looks over and says, you know where I would go if I could go anywhere? Wherever it is, I'm really from. Yeah, wherever I had a life before the TVA came along. Maybe I had a jet ski. That's what I'd like to do. Just ride along on my jet ski. And just like the hairs on the back of my neck stood up when he said this. And then you just see Ravana, just straight evil faces say, prune him. And the, the, one of the Minutemen just comes up and fucking kills him. Ugh. And this is where I say in my notes for the first time, fuck this dumb time, bitch. <laughs> in all caps. Oh my gosh, I was so oh. angry. So angry when this happened. I couldn't believe that Owen Wilson was just killed so oh, dispassionately. Absolutely insane. Yeah, it had quite the effect Although, I will say, I immediately, the fact that that happened so dispassionately, I was like, "Mm, I don't think he's dead. (laughs) And uh, Yeah, I I was in shock for a few minutes, and then I started thinking similar thoughts. uh, May or may not be. But at this point, I was like, Ravana's got to be the big bad guy, right? That's my thought at that moment. Oh, interesting. Okay, Um, okay. I was like, she's got, she's got to be connected somehow. Yeah, to totally. all of this because I don't know. She's, she's always seemed a little bit shady. Yeah, um, but we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, and so Loki and Sylvie are taken to the golden elevators that we, that we saw previously that go to the timekeepers. And while they're riding up, Sylvie asks Ravana if she remembers her, and she says, "I do." And she says, "What do you want to say to me, Variant?" Which, oh man, it they she really made variant sound like a slur in like the worst way possible. <laughs> yeah. And Sylvie asks, what was my Nexus event? And it seems like Ravana knows the answer. And she says, Why does it matter? And then Sylvie replies, blah, 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 blah. And then she just says, I don't remember. Dude. Which I think she's just saying just to be a dumb time bitch to her, <laughs> but you know. The the um, way she said that and the way she smiled, I felt like I mean there was a lot of great acting in this episode. I felt oh, yeah. like that was uh 
that was definitely up there for some of the best. She just seemed e- literally evil. Oh yeah, like she's just seething, seething, and just all the evil shit at this point, <laughs> dude. Just that that little smile. Like I can picture that little smile. Just like, oh man, just can't even. Remember. I will say, just between this and WandaVision, I feel like the actors have been really good at at all of that, like the little subtle shit that really ties together, like how you feel about the characters. It's been so well yeah, done. Yeah, totally, absolutely outstanding. Um. Okay, so we're basically in the climax now. Um, we we the elevator reaches the top of wherever it's going, and this is where the timekeepers are at. So we're with timekeepers, and this is where I literally write my notes. Holy fuck, these Chuck E. Cheese looking motherfuckers! Because <laughs> um, the timekeepers look a little funky. Yeah, it looked like the Lorax. <laughs> yeah, the one does look kind of look like the Lorax. Um, but I do, I, I, I say here, because I was like, they look a little funky, but like, not like bad. They just like don't look like I expected them yeah. to. And, and we find out why. But um, I did write down, I love their voices. Their voices were weird. But I like that because I feel like we need more weird voices and less normal voices. Um, there was one, one of the timekeepers kind of had like a hissing voice. Uh, which I really liked. It reminded me of a character from the new Twin Peaks Return show that came out. Oh, okay. Um, and I thought it was really interesting. And 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 one of the timekeepers says, "You're nothing but a cosmic disappointment," uh, which I also really liked. Um, Eric, what did what did you think? Kind of just initial conversations with the timekeepers. What, what were your thoughts? Were you calling bullshit immediately? I don't think I was immediately calling bullshit but i was immediately i had that same like ooh, like this is not up to the up to the quality of the rest of the show <laughs> which um, right but i think i i just didn't take that next step into well there's a narrative reason i i just was was concerned of like what the fuck is this um and i think what was just going it was just going through my head of like well Obviously, none of these characters make it past this show because they could never use these designs in a movie. They would get laughed out of the theater. Um, so I guess maybe, but I, I still just, I didn't take that next step of like, well, they're, spoiler alert, they're probably fake. It's like, that's, uh, but I mean, obviously, you quickly, quickly discover that after the, uh, after the fight scene that wishes it could be The Last Jedi. But, uh. <laughs> yeah yeah not not quite yeah. not quite the fight scene so basically b15 arrives their time collars are removed by her and loki sylvie and b15 then fight ravana and the guards at the timekeepers um some of the fighting was a little clunky uh but it didn't really bother me too much i was just kind of like okay this is, has to happen whatever yeah. and all of them are either killed or knocked out um which i'll have a comment about that in a bit here but Basically, Sylvie throws like one of the blade things right at the timekeepers before really even saying much. Um, I think one of the timekeepers like we we can talk, <laughs> we can have a conversation, yeah. uh, which I thought was funny. But she knocks the head off the main timekeeper, and it comes crashing down on the floor. And the one part before we find out that they're fake mindless androids, all three of them. After the he- main timekeeper's head gets knocked off, the others start yeah. laughing maniacally. Yeah, real creepy. And it's real creepy. 
Um, but then after they start laughing maniacally, they shut down. Which I, that that like really has me questioning some things. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, Sylvie lifts up the head, and we see that it's a mindless android. It's been a um, Wizard of Oz all along. Yes, and I love it. I'm so happy because it explains how they look the way they look and kind of the whole setting. Um, and it really makes me question Ravana because she's the one that talks to the timekeepers all the time. And so this, to me, really plays into she's fucking Kang the Conqueror and Kang the Conqueror is the bad guy. Mm. And her being evil in this episode really just was like, I'm like, oh, yeah, turn Kang, baby. Turn Kang. Um and who knows? Maybe the timekeepers were real at some point. We don't know. Um, oh, but obviously, that's a good in, in where we're at now, they're not. Yeah. Real. So after all this happens, you know, Sylvie's upset. She's like, you know, who's running the TVA? And Loki is confused. She's like, I thought this was the end. And Loki says, I have something to tell. I have to tell you something. And you could tell he's like going to tell her basically that he likes. I want to smash. Pretty much. And his his last line is basically like, "This is new for me." Um, and he touches Lo- or he touches Sylvie, and she's like, "What? What is it?" And this I was just getting flashbacks to high school for me, and I was like, "Oh, I like you," um, kind of <laughs> yeah. vibes. But uh, but right as he's touching Sylvie, Loki gets pruned by Ravana, the time bitch. <laughs> That's her name now in my notes. <gasps> and at this point, I was like, "Okay." Loki's not dead. Loki's not dead, and Owen Wilson is not yeah. dead. There's just no way. We got two more episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, were you 100 percent confident immediately though? Because I wasn't. After Loki was killed, I was like, "There's no oh, way. There's just no I way." I did think there was some chance that they were going to continue with just more Lokis, but yeah, obviously they didn't do that. But I, I wasn't so sure until the uh, until the after credits scene. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so, um, right before we get to that, it really doesn't take much. Sylvie just immediately steals the little time night stick that prunes people from, from Ravana and Ravana just wants to be pruned. You can tell she's just like, do it. And Sylvie says, no, you're going to tell me everything. Um, which I'm really excited about that because Sylvie is pissed. And then that's where the episode ends which is absolutely bonkers. It very much reminded me of WandaVision when we get the the credit scene pops up and you're like, fuck! (laughs) (laughs) I want more, you know? Um, But thankfully this week we got an after credit scene and comes about a minute into the credits and we see Loki gasping and he's waking up after being pruned. And so that was obviously a big, huge sense of relief. And he says, is this hell? Spelled H-E-L, the Asgardian hell. Am I dead? And you just hear this voice that says, not yet, but you will be unless you come with us. And the camera shows a group of people. He is in what appears to be, and this is my guess, he appears to be in like a destroyed New York City. Mm-hmm. And there's something that rep- uh, like appears to resemble a destroyed Avengers Tower in the background. And we see four characters. We see a character that's called Boastful Loki that looks like a super buff uh, like black Thor looking dude with like a hammer. We see kid Loki, which is like a s- small little, it looks like, it looks like what a small Loki, like kid Loki would look like long black hair. He's holding an alligator Loki, which is just an alligator with a Loki. Croaky. Super <laughs> silly. And then my favorite of all, which is classic 
comic Loki and like very silly looking classic Loki outfit. Played by Hugh Grant. Yeah. Or no, not is is it Hugh Grant? Wait, is it not? Did I fuck that up? I think so. What is his name? Uh it's probably it's uh, Richard E. Grant. Richard yes, e. Grant. that's right. Hugh, not Hugh, Hugh Grant. Grant. Yeah, Hugh Grant would be uh, Notting. What is it? Nottingham Hill yep, or whatever. Yep, yep. You know, um, but yeah, I think that's his voice. Though some people are speculating that classic Loki won't talk at all, and, and Richard E. Grant is just voicing the alligator. But I think that's just uh, a joke. <laughs> um, but I would love yeah. it nonetheless. And so this this is basically a huge what the fuck moment. And kind of lends credence to how Tom Hiddleston said that after episode four, things kind of go balls to the wall weird. And so it seems maybe, and Eric, tell me if you agree, that when you're pruned, you kind of go to some multiverse in which all of your variants are just together, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. It seems to me like it's a prison, basically. It's just a prison. Um, More so... Like, I, I, I see the Sif thing as an interrogation room, and being pruned is like, okay, you got life in prison, have fun. Um, and yeah, I assume they just are throwing all of these variants. I, what I'm unsure about, what I will be interested to see is, is this just a Loki world, or is this where everyone goes who's been pruned? Um, yeah. I don't know. And I'm wondering if, like, this is some type of mechanism, too. Like, we're talking about all the multiverses that are part of the sacred timeline. Is the TVA also fucking over all the timelines that aren't part of the sacred timeline by throwing all these prune people in them? And they're kind of going (laughs) into, like, chaos in some way? Um, Who knows? But uh, the concept is really interesting, and I'm so excited to see where it goes in the next episode. Yeah, yeah really kind of lends itself to many, many different possibilities. Yeah, well, we will be seeing uh, President Loki. We know that. We still haven't seen President Loki. That's right. Yeah, he was in all the trailers. And, like, will that be the Loki that we know? Yeah, right. You know, who knows? All right. Any last words on this episode before we rate it, my friend? No, I don't think so. It was really good. I fucking love this show. I can't wait until the next one. Fuck yeah. I 100% agree. Um, So let's jump over to it. As we do on the Infinity Watch podcast, we rate all of our shows, movies, whatever it is we're rating out of six whole Infinity Stones that are fully functioning in the universe in which we're in. Um, I will let you start off this week, my friend. What do you give this episode out of six Infinity Stones? All right. I've never oh I've never wanted to give an episode of 5.5 more in my life. Oh my gosh. Um but we obviously we can't do that. You can't break an infinity stone. I it's so good, but I really the Sylvie thing does bother me, so I got to go 5. Um Damn. I just don't buy it. Fucking, There's got to be fucking bonkers. Th- th- you got to write a better reason for why she was able to evade the strongest power in the universe being a 13-year-old. Um it just that does bother me. Outside of that, everything else was uh incredible. But yeah, that that's that brings it down to a 5. But still extremely strong 5. I mean, amazing, amazing episode, amazing show. 
but I just don't buy Little Sylvie. I just don't. Damn, that's like so interesting that that bothered you. I find that really fascinating because I really couldn't care less (laughs) at all. But hey, to each their own five is a great score. Solid episode. Um, Anything else you want to say before? I don't want to cut you off. I feel like I cut you off. No, no. I No, it's just. uh, Yeah, it's it's just great. It's great. This is this is easily my my favorite of the of the Marvel shows um so far and i'm i mean this really is you can tell more and more how influenced by doctor who this show is and and i think for for the best like yeah doctor who is so it has so many great ideas that aren't that don't always have the budget or the uh the support to be done as best they can be where i feel like this show does have the budget and support to do some of those kind of wacky uh timey wimey shenanigans as as they say so yeah no i 100 yeah, percent agree i think you're a huge right. fan um and i think you know where i'm going with this this was absolutely the easiest six i've ever given anything in my life yeah um this episode was better than the last six that i gave uh, i believe for episode two um i i just i watched this i think four times Whoa. now um which I know is insane, but uh, I just loved it. Um, I liked seeing young Sylvie. Uh, the, the tease of the timekeepers and then seeing the timekeepers I thought was amazing. I think it answered as many questions as it opened up and asked more. Um, seeing Ravana kind of go from who we saw her as to like definitely like an evil person I thought was really well done. I thought how they developed Sylvie and Loki and the little time that they had together was really well done and kind of the impact of that to the timeline and how, you know, obviously someone loving themselves caused a huge fuck up in the timeline, which is how they found them. I thought that was a really good answer to what what could have been a very cop out reason for them finding them on Lamentous totally. One, which was really the only way they'd get totally. off of it. Um, I thought just the time loop with with. Loki and Sif and Loki kind of coming to terms and, and once again uh, kind of acknowledging who he is as a person could have been really hammy, but I actually believed in all of it and I kind of bought into all of it. Um, I think with everything that's happened to him in this show's timeline so far, you can see it's like really humbled him. And I thought that how they were going to handle the character development of getting him to the Loki that we knew when he died in Infinity War was going to be a little bit weird but i feel like they like hit a, a fucking grand slam yeah oh yeah like i i buy into all of his development completely um and i think just mobius and b15 they got some really great moments in this where they they were able to act and then like realize that the system that they were a part of was was basically lying to them i thought that that was really good um and just kind of the you know the character moments of mobius you know standing up for himself saying that he wants to go back to his life where he had his jet ski and then just the opposite of seeing Ravana just like straight up, like prune him. Boom. Like just so many good character moments. There wasn't like a single part of this episode where I was like, wow, like this is slowing down a little bit. This is just balls to the wall. Good. The entire time. Um, and then just the whole climax and after credit scene, like the after credit scene definitely was icing on top of the cake, you know, um, this was already a really, really good episode, but just like the setup it kind of created for the next couple episodes, like 
there's nothing else I would change in this for me. Just easiest six out of six I've ever had. So I hope the next two episodes deliver too, because holy fuck, the show is yeah. unbelievably good. Yeah, I yeah, I I do wonder if it's gonna stick the landing. It's got a lot to live up to. It sure does. It's always the hardest part. And uh, you know, some people are saying, you know, that this has been renewed for a second season. Some people are saying that might not necessarily be true and it's a red herring. You know, I have no idea. I have no idea how this show is going to end uh, and what point it's going to leave us off at, but I'm really fucking excited for it. I kind of hope that it's just a self-contained one season thing because I feel like that gives it a better chance of being like as close to perfect as possible. Um, But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm really fucking excited, though. Every single week, I'm like, come on, Wednesday, come on. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Just want to watch this fucking show. Um, And so I'm super excited about it. So, yeah, six out of six solid um for me oh yeah um let's jump over to recommendations eric what do you got for us this week um this hmm we'll go we'll go with the book i i finished reading a book uh i mean i burned through it is it is uh amazing it's called the silent patient um Oh, that book is it's so, so good. good. I actually was recommended this book by uh, your brother and and guest of the podcast, uh, Chris. And do you know why that is? I saw I read that book, and then I sent that book to Kate, and then Kate read it and loved it. And then Chris actually read a book that was not uh, nonfiction, <laughs> and he enjoyed it. So I'm glad that tri- that's trickled down uh, bookonomics from me. Yeah, right there. no, I I absolutely loved it. I um, so I am. I like reading and, I, and I've made a point to do more of it really since the pandemic. Um, but I'm, but I'm slow. I'm, I'm a slow reader. I'm, I'm not a quick reader, but this one, I mean, the fact like I, I literally finished it in like six days, which like does not happen ever for me. Yeah. That book is like, I don't read books that fast either. And that was, one yeah, of them. it's just such a, such a page turner. I guess for anybody who doesn't, it's kind of a thriller. It follows a, uh, a psychotherapist who is treating a patient who has been accused of murdering her husband. And then for the subsequent six years after murdering her husband, she has not spoken. She, prior to this, she was just a normal talking person. And then uh, she got, uh, you know, popped for her husband's murder. And then she did not talk anymore, did not speak a word at all. And so basically it is the story of this therapist treating this patient. I'm, I don't want to give any more away from it than that. Um, really, really, really good. Highly recommend. Well, I'm actually going to change my recommendation based on that oh, one. Okay, I'm glad you read that book, but uh, the book I read right after oh. that, which I think I also sent to Kate, is a kind of sci-fi mystery thriller, oh. and I would like to also recommend it because I got similar feelings from it as The Silent Patient, but it's definitely more sci-fi, um, and it's called Dark Matter oh. by Blake Crouch. Fuck yeah, I've heard of Dark Matter. Um, it's really good book. I'll, I'll set up the premise. It's basically, there's a brilliant physicist named Jason Dessen. He's living in Chicago with his wife and family. 
Um, and he is like basically like a, a really, really smart dude. Um, and there's a point in his late twenties when he kind of could have chosen to keep doing like his research in, in physics. Uh, but he instead chooses to kind of live like a family focused life and, and focus on being with his, his wife and kids. And one night when he's walking home from the bar, um, he gets abducted by someone and injected with a drug. And when he wakes up, his world is completely different. Um, he's not married. He doesn't have a son. And he basically is like a super, um, super smart, uh, you know, scientist that has like achieved his wildest dreams. Um, and then a bunch of weird shit happens. Um, if you want a really fast book, uh, that is really gripping and interesting, I highly recommend it. It's called dark matter by Blake Crouch. Um, I a definite page turner for just sure. purchased it. Boom. Got it. I love Super it. Pumped. Um, really good shit. And, and if you like, definitely it's, it's very similar vein to kind of the Loki stuff where it's just like, you know, Things aren't always as they seem. Love so, it. Uh, super interesting. I hope you yeah. like it. Um, if you want to reach out to us, let's talk about what's canon, what's not. Let's talk about, uh, you know, God-tier masturbation, <laughs> these type of things. Reach out to us on Twitter at Infinity Rewatch. Um, man, the hate mail is piling in for any of my comments about what's canon and what's not on there. <laughs> let me tell you. Um, if you want to email us even... The Infinity Watch Podcast at gmail.com. I'll read it, but maybe not on the podcast, <laughs> but I'll read it. So if you want to shit talk me, go for it. Uh, though most of the people that do that are on Twitter. So um, I think we'll leave it with uh, some billionaire fucking. What about you, my friend? Uh, we're going to have a special edition of Fuck the Billionaires this evening with a Fuck the Billionaires and a special Fuck Bill Cosby. Yeah. Oh my God. Seriously. Agreed. Yep. Jello covered. <laughs> Good shit. I love it. I love it. <laughs>